On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks were blown out last night in the nation's capital. I'll go over their 6-1 to loss to the Caps, and I'll also go over my thoughts on the decision not to wear the Pride jerseys for pregame warmups on Sunday. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Friday, March 24th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, for those of you who are first-time listeners, or even if you happen to be a consistent listener of the show, please Help me out by making sure you're showing some support. Please go in and subscribe for free on YouTube. That would really help me out tremendously. And make sure to smash the like button down below on today's video. Comment down below. And last but not least, ring the bell to turn on those push notifications. That way you can get notified when the latest episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. And even for you audio folks, make sure to follow the show 100% for free wherever you may be getting your podcast. Also, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify if you want to as well. Sidebar, you're going to have to do that anyways to have a chance to win the two free Blackhawks tickets that I'll be giving away on the 28th against the Dallas Stars. So make sure to go do all of that. Also, want to let you all know that today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. Make sure to go and download America's number one sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. All right. Good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your Friday morning. Last night, the Chicago Blackhawks, I wound up on the wrong end of another lopsided final outcome falling six to one to the Washington Capitals out in the nation's capital. And yeah, certainly not the prettiest of performances out of the squad. I'm not going to talk about it for too long here on the show because, you know, we're late in the season. It was a lopsided loss. And honestly, there's really not that much to dissect from this outing. Uh, But a main culprit I do want to bring up for uh, a main reason why the Blackhawks wound up losing 6-1 to last night was due to the struggles from Anton Kudobin, who was not only making his Blackhawks debut, but it was also his first NHL game of the season. And even looking at his AHL numbers when he was playing with the Texas Stars earlier this year prior to being acquired by the Blackhawks, not the best numbers there. While Kudobin was 13-4-4, he did have a sub-900 save percentage. And another thing to consider, too, is he really hasn't seen any action in, what, two, three weeks? Sure, he's been practicing with the Blackhawks, but no game action whatsoever. He's kind of just been sitting around on the bench being the extra guy with uh, Peter Morazic battling through another groin injury at the moment. So uh, not exactly an ideal scenario to throw Anton Kudobin into. And yeah, it certainly uh, wasn't the prettiest performance out of him. Just 10 minutes in a uh, true Kudobin moment as uh, he went out of his net a stay lock move to go and play the puck and then absolutely fumbles it. Instead of throwing a pass across the ice, he flubs it to like three feet, leaves the net wide open for Connor Sheary to open up the scoring for the Washington Capitals. 
Uh, Washington did also add a couple of other Swiss cheesy like goals throughout the way. To be fair, though, they did uh, score a couple of dandies throughout the way, too. But yeah, not the best night for the former Dallas Stars. Not minder, he ended up stopping just 22 of the 28 shots that he faced. And it's really not like the Blackhawks were, were getting peppered or anything. No, sure, they got outplayed by the Washington Capitals. Absolutely. Um, but it's not like they were giving up shots left or right or anything. They actually tied the Capitals in shots on goal uh, on the night with 28 apiece. It was just, I think Kudobin obviously hasn't seen NHL action in quite some time, let alone any game action in a couple of weeks. So um, not not the best spot probably to throw him into, but given that Staylock, uh, the Blackhawks, Luke Richardson had been, you know, riding him like a horse lately with all the starts he'd been getting in net. Probably had to give him a night off, especially with the back-to-back coming up this weekend. So they really didn't have any choice but to go with Kudobin. Uh, Sadly, didn't go very well for the NHL veteran. Um, But also for the Blackhawks, it it was a combination of a lot of things. Not only just the poor goaltending, but uh, they gave up, you know, a few too many high danger opportunities. They couldn't get a stop from their netminder. The penalty kill was also uh, abysmal. They went just two for four on the night, letting the Capitals net two PPGs. That's a bad combination for the Chicago Blackhawks. If your penalty kill is not doing well, your goaltending is not performing well, you're giving up uh, more high danger opportunities. And then even on the other end, the Blackhawks really couldn't do anything all night long offensively. That's like the reverse combination of what we see from this team whenever they're going through like a three or, or four game winning streak like we saw a few weeks ago. They're getting good good performances from their penalty kill, outstanding goaltending. They're getting timely goal scoring. All that goes away. And what happens? Yeah, you get blown out by the Colorado Avalanche. You get blown out by the Washington Capitals. This is what happens when not everything goes perfect for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, They did, however, avoid getting shut out for the second consecutive game and for the ninth time this season, which was nice to see. And how about Nikita Zaitsev, who's just been, I mean, if I'm calling a spade a spade here, just been an absolute train wreck since uh, being acquired from the Ottawa Senators. It has not been very good for Nikita Zaitsev, but he did find a, a way to score his first goal with the Blackhawk, kind of just a harmless-looking wrist shot from the point right off of a faceoff. It ends up sneaking through the five-hole. Zaitsev gets his first goal as a member of the Hawks, but that wound up being it for the offense on the night. The Hawks lose 6-1 to to the Washington Capitals. They've now dropped three consecutive games and have been outscored 15-3 to over that stretch. Yikes. Fortunately, though, this losing skid has helped the Blackhawks out in terms of the tank standings at the moment. And with the loss again last night, the Blackhawks remain in third to last place in the NHL standings with 54 points through 71 games, giving them a points percentage of .380. The San Jose Sharks do remain just one point back, one point back in second to last place with 53 points through 72 games after they they were blown out by the Vancouver Canucks yesterday. Um, they have a points percentage of 368 at the moment. One more game played than the Chicago Blackhawks and then the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, they did actually, as I mentioned on the show, I believe it was Tuesday night. I said, man, it would be really big if somehow, some way. The Jackets could find a way to beat the Capitals. They did exactly that. They overcame third period deficits of five to three and six to five to go on to win seven to six in overtime. Shout out to Jack Roslovic for scoring the overtime winner. The 
Blue Jackets are still in last place at the moment, but the gap has started to narrow a little bit. Uh, they have 51 points at the moment with a 3.364 points percentage, so just barely lower than the San Jose Sharks. But the Blue Jackets have only played in 70 games. As I just mentioned, the Blackhawks have played 71. The San Jose Sharks have played in 72. So it's getting interesting there with Columbus, uh, the Blackhawks, and the Sharks having a couple of games in hand there. And uh, the race has shrunk a little bit. Blackhawks are now just three points out of last place. The Sharks are just one. The Anaheim Ducks, I do want to mention, I do believe this is still a four-horse race at the moment. The Ducks keep finding ways to lose as well. Uh, they have 70, excuse me, 56 points through 72 games. So two more points than the Blackhawks do, but one more game played, giving them a points percentage of 389. So yeah, it, it's a tight knit four horse race down the stretch of the season. Folks, the Blackhawks have 11 games to go. The Ducks and the Sharks have 10 while the Columbus Blue Jackets still have 12. Look, I, I know the Blackhawks were playing some good hockey over the last couple of weeks prior to these back-to-back -back losses to the Avalanche and to the Capitals, but they're still right there, right in the thick of it, to have the best percentage chance of landing Connor Bedard in the 2023 NHL draft. All right, there are my thoughts on the Blackhawks. Third consecutive loss last night. Coming up in just a moment, I will talk about forward Colin Blackwell being shut down for the remainder of the season and what his future looks like here in Chicago. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. We're down the stretch of the NBA regular season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Because if you're a new customer, you'll get a first sweat, uh, a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet somehow doesn't win. All you got to do is go and download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And for all of you Bulls fans out there, you got to check out FanDuel because you can bet on the money line, the point spread, point scores, and even the amount of threes made by Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, or Ayu DeSumo. Plus, FanDuel even allows you to combine your bets for a chance at a greater payout with the same game parlay feature. So make sure not to miss out on your chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I get into segment two, we're down to the final days here, Blackhawks fans. I think I'm going to do the drawing on Sunday. Uh, for those who still may be unaware at this point, your boy over here is giving away two free Blackhawks tickets to the game on the 28th against the Dallas Stars. All you have to do in order to qualify, three things. First, you got to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Make sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. The reason you got to drop the name of your YouTube channel in the review is that's how I'm going to be checking that you're subscribed to the channel. You got to do all of that to have a chance to win the two free Blackhawks tickets that I'm giving away on the 28th against the Dallas Stars. So make sure to go do all of that right now before we move on in the show. All right, segment two, yesterday, a few hours prior to puck drop out in Washington, D.C., the Blackhawks announced that forward Colin Blackwell will be shut down for the remainder of the regular season after undergoing sports hernia surgery on Wednesday. And Blackwell's expected 
to be out for around 12 weeks. Obviously, there's not that much time left in the season, so that's going to cost him the rest of the campaign. He ends up finishing with 10 points in 53 games of action this season, two goals and eight assists. And don't forget, Blackwell is signed on through next season with a cap hit of $1.2 million. But this is a, a, a tough break for Colin Blackwell because he really was starting to get it going here in the second half of the season. And you could tell he was, you know, finally getting a little bit more comfortable, getting situated and just regularly making an impact out there on the ice. And I just mentioned he had 10 points in 53 games on the season. Seven of those points came in his final 23 games. And yeah, it, it was nice to see Colin Blackwell finally come around and find some success because the first half of the season w- was not good whatsoever. And I mean, honestly, I was pretty, pretty tough on Colin Blackwell in his first half. I remember going through my midseason grades and I think Colin Blackwell had two points at that time, no assists. I think it was two goals and no assists at the midway point of the season. And I was pretty, I was pretty brutal about it. I think I, I believe I gave Colin Blackwell an F. Uh, at the midway point of the season, actually. But it was nice to see him finally, um, I don't want to say live up to the expectations because I still don't think he necessarily did that. When the Blackhawks first brought him in, I thought he was going to be a guy in the bottom six. Based on what I had seen the couple of years prior with him in Seattle, I thought he was going to be a guy in the bottom that would come into the bottom six and be able to, you know, score some goals a little bit more frequently. Now, to be fair, Blackwell never had the best supporting cast down in the bottom six. Obviously, the Blackhawks have been one of the worst teams in the NHL all season long. And on bad teams, you know, bottom sixes usually aren't the brightest spot. So maybe that was part of Blackwell still not being able to put up the goal scoring numbers that I would have liked to see this season, but make no mistake about it. Since the flip of the calendar uh, or the turn of the year, starting 2023, he was more impactful and more consistent. And I I do think that he's going to get a good opportunity to come back. Like looking ahead for Colin Blackwell next season, based on what he was able to do in the final month and a half, Obviously, he's signed on with the club through the end of next season, a very team-friendly deal, I might add, at $1.2 million. But I expect the Blackhawks to to put him in the same position again heading into camp next year. Probably a bottom six guy. I think he'll probably be a third liner, depending on everything the Blackhawks do in the offseason and how they want to go about it, what ends up happening in the 2023 NHL draft will certainly influence the way they go about things. Um, but I I do think the Blackhawks are going to give Colin Blackwell an opportunity, especially being on a team friendly deal. The last year of his contract, I feel like it would be wise to give him a Sam Lafferty type of role, like him and Joey Anderson, I feel like could be good third line pieces that you maybe want to showcase. Now, Anderson is only 24, Blackwell's 29, so they are in different spots. And I think if Joey Anderson looks good, maybe there is some consideration to, to bring him back and have him be, you know, a bottom six guy that's part of the rebuild here in Chicago. For Blackwell, I just don't see that being the case with him already being 29 years old. So I feel like the smart move for the Blackhawks would be to kind of showcase him a little bit on the third line. And, hey, maybe they get lucky. Maybe he has a Sam Lafferty-type breakout year, and then the Blackhawks can flip him for something of value at the deadline. And I'm not saying, you know, he's going to go and have the season like Lafferty did and he's going to go and net a second-round pick. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think if Blackwell 
has an effective season and picks up where he left off, it wouldn't be unreasonable to think that the Blackhawks, best case scenario, maybe get a third, a fourth round pick because of his contract. It's not going to be a lot of money for teams to take on, and it is an expiring deal. I don't know. I don't think it would be uh, crazy to think that that could happen. And given how Kyle Davidson has handled situations like that so far in his tenure as general manager, yeah, I I think he's going to be trying to utilize Blackwell and maybe telling Richardson, hey, give this guy some opportunities down on the third line. We, We know he's probably not part of the future here, but if we could maybe gas him up a little bit, I, I doubt the conversation is going to go like that. Obviously, It's going to be a little bit more professional. But I do think the Blackhawks are in a good position to showcase Colin Blackwell for next season. He really ramped it up later on in the year and a very team-friendly deal. Could be an enticing piece for another NHL club come the trade deadline next season. So uh, hopefully Colin Blackwell, you know, a tough break. I wish he was able to keep on that momentum and ride out the course of the season on a high note, but hopefully he'll be able to get a full recovery here over the summer from the surgery and will be fully ready to go for Blackhawks training camp later on in the fall. All right, there are my thoughts on Colin Blackwell getting shut down for the rest of the season. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into my thoughts on the Blackhawks' decision to not wear Pride jerseys for Pride Night on Sunday against the Canucks. But first, I need to talk to you all about Indeed. No matter how the last game went, Give your team the best shot at winning. You've got a shot at greatness by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed because Indeed is is a hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. And instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates, with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed's Instant Match, assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to up, upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. All right, before I wrap up today's show, I did want to talk for a moment about the decision from the Chicago Blackhawks not to wear their pride jerseys on pride night at the United center on Sunday when they take on the Vancouver Canucks. And obviously this is a big deal going around, not only in Chicago right now, but also across the NHL. It feels like uh, certain players or certain teams are popping up and having an issue about this every single day. And, you know, I know that there's going to be people on both ends of the spectrum here, and I'm not trying to change anyone's minds or sway them. I'm not a politics guy myself. I don't enjoy having conversations like these, but I also think sitting back and saying nothing is completely the wrong move because that's exactly what the Chicago Blackhawks have done with this situation, folks. For those of you who still may be unaware about what's going on with this situation right now, the Chicago Blackhawks franchise announced 
uh, on Wednesday, I believe it was, that the team will not wear pride jerseys for their pregame warmups against the Canucks. It's the third NHL team to not do so this season, citing security reasons for their three players of Russian heritage, Philip Kurashev, uh, Anton Kudobin, and Nikita Zaitsev. The decision, though, the problem with this is the decision, though, apparently came from up top. It came from the team management and not from the players. And in fact, the players weren't even asked about the situation. And that's where I think this whole thing comes from root and stem, especially when just a, a week, a week, a half, week and a half ago, we heard Connor Murphy, a, a leader for the Blackhawks organization, the longest tenured Blackhawk at this point with Jonathan Taves, uh, not with the team at the moment. We heard Connor Murphy get asked by Mark Lazarus about this situation. And Murphy said it, it seemed like at least a good chunk of the guys in the locker room were wanting to wear those jerseys. And he, he kind of said, it's not really a conversation to have. I don't have the quote right in front of me. I don't want to misread anything, but the way that Murphy put it out there, it seemed like he fully expected this to happen. The players to be wearing it, everyone to kind of be on board with it. And that's coming from, again, a veteran leader in the locker room, a guy who, well, I don't think he's going to be the next captain of the Blackhawks. I do think it's going to be Seth Jones. It wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world if Connor Murphy ended up getting the C. And I think there are a lot of you Blackhawks fans out there who think he is deserving over uh, Seth Jones. That's a conversation for another day. But for the leader of the Blackhawks, truthfully, to be having this type of feelings about the situation and then for the reverse opposite to end up happening when the time comes, um, it was really disappointing. But again, this was a decision. The problem that I have with this is that this was a decision that came from the top. And I do want to make sure that all you Blackhawks fans out there know that before you go in and rant on the players. And that's why I have a problem with this because this is a decision that came from the top. The Blackhawks organization though, hasn't, they, they issued a statement, but it wasn't a statement where they could give comments or where the media could ask them questions about it. It was just a, a blanketed statement from the Blackhawks organization. And because Jamie Faulkner, Danny Wirtz, all those people haven't said anything about the matter. Now it's on the Blackhawks players to answer the bell. Seth Jones, Connor Murphy. Now it's on Luke Richardson. Now it's on the Blackhawks media to bear the brunt of the angry Blackhawks fans over this decision. And that's completely unfair. It's completely unfair, especially for the media and the players. The media is just reporting the news, what they're told by sources who are hearing things from these higher-ups in the Blackhawks brass. And the fact that they haven't said anything and have let everyone else have to answer the questions and deal the out, deal with the outrage from the fans, it's absolutely unacceptable. And the fact that they didn't even ask the players, that that's – it's uh, it's it's really frustrating. And it also feels like there's there's just – some some kind of hypocrisy that, that's going on, at least in my mind, with this decision, because I, I just don't understand how some teams have Russian players wearing the pride jerseys and then other teams are claiming they're protecting their Russian players but not having them wear it. Something's not right there. Not everyone's on the same wavelength. And then we've also seen Russian players support Ukraine, little odd, right? We've also seen Russian players honor the United States military, which, you know, that guy over there in Russia probably isn't all that happy with. 
I don't know. It just feels like not everything is on the same wavelength. Why, why is, why is this the one that's the issue? Why is the pride jerseys the issue here? I get that there was a Russian law made in November or December about all of this stuff, but it's not like, you know, Russia's the biggest America supporters either. And obviously not the biggest Ukraine supporters, but the Russian players are allowed to honor and celebrate them. But now the Blackhawks for pride night speak up on behalf of their players. And this is, this is the frustrating part too, with the Blackhawks organization and the front office, uh, the brass, I guess I should say, not having to answer anything. It's because we don't know all the details now. We just have to ask the players, have to ask Luke Richardson and kind of go from there. Because for all we know, maybe Philip Kershev, Anton Kudobin, or Nikita Zaitsev came to the Blackhawks organization and said, listen, I'm a little scared if I wear this jersey. I don't know if it's the right decision for me. I, I have family back home. I don't know what's going to happen to them there. I don't want to put them in peril. I don't want to put them in risk or danger of anything. And that would be absolutely right if that happened. But we don't know if that happened because the Blackhawks haven't had a Q&A about this matter. They just put out a statement and said no further comments at this time, which is such a wrong thing for this organization to say and do after all the scrutiny and all the mistakes they've made over the years. Uh, That right there to me is why this is a bad look for the Blackhawks. And also, if those Russian players, maybe they did go to the Blackhawks and and say they they were worried about this. Why can't they be the ones to not wear it? Right. Like we've seen, we saw with the Florida Panthers last night, Mark Stahl and Eric Stahl. Now they're being very hypocritical, especially Eric Stahl, who said, oh, I never I never wore the Pride Night jersey. Uh, Buddy, we got a picture of you in 2020 wearing it with the Montreal Canadiens. Now, while it was still uh, very hypocritical, the Florida Panthers still went on and had a very successful night. They let the rest of their players wear it in the warmups. We saw the San Jose Sharks recently. James Reimer was the only one who didn't wear it. The rest of their players wore it during warmups. And it really, at least based on Murphy's sentiment, it seemed like the players, at least a good chunk of them, did want to wear the pride jerseys for pregame warmups. But now none of them are going to get that opportunity to do so because the Blackhawks made a decision from up top. And they didn't even talk with their players about the matter. That's the disappointing part to me. It's the hypocrisy. It's the entire NHL not being on the same wavelength, which isn't surprising. Hockey has always had a culture issue, as sad as it is. and um, it's really frustrating that we're still having these issues and the lack of communication from the top to the bottom. It just, it's a drop of the ball by the Blackhawks front office to not only not talk with their players, but to not have a media session and to talk openly with the media about this, to give them the full context of everything and all the details. So us fans here aren't just assuming everything. It always makes things worse. And I know the Blackhawks have been on the road here and there haven't there hasn't necessarily been a time for them to talk to the media ahead of this game. This is a back-to-back this weekend. The Blackhawks are going to be flying in from Minnesota uh, after Saturday's game. They're not going to have a morning skate on Sunday. So there's not going to be media availability before the game. It's just it's just it's frustrating. Especially a team that obviously has made such huge mistakes in the past and to go about it this way. Look, we, we've seen this happen. We, we saw the Florida Panthers have two people that say they didn't want to wear it. The San Jose Sharks had a goaltender that said they didn't want to wear it. We don't know if the Blackhawks, if the Russian players wanted to wear them or not, but assuming that 
a couple didn't and a couple had issues and concerns about what happened, what could happen back home. Again, we don't know that for sure because the Blackhawks front office won't tell us. But if that happened, sit them out or let, let them skate in their normal jerseys and let the rest of the players wear the Pride Night jerseys because it really felt like the Blackhawks players wanted to do this. And uh, it's just another bad look, another stain for the organization. I'm sure uh, the community is just absolutely heartbroken by this choice. And they said, you know, they understand it because what's going on back in Russia, but obviously it's disappointing. And man, it's just frustrating. I'm sick of the Blackhawks just not doing the right thing. That's basically what it comes down to. I'm just so sick of this team that I root for and that I love. I'm sick of them not doing the right thing. Another bad look for the Blackhawks. And while it absolutely shouldn't, you know, trump all the activities and the celebrations that are planned uh, for Pride Night at the United Center, listen, there's a lot of great things that are going to be going on, a lot of fun activities, uh, a lot of good stuff happening at the United Center. There's still a lot of good happening, but it just feels like there's going to be this black cloud hang over uh, the head during the entire process. It's just really a shame, again, that we're still having this conversation in the modern-day NHL at the same time. Given hockey's broken culture, is anyone still surprised? Sadly, I'm not. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Friday, March 24th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can get it 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, and make sure to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. That way, you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Thank you all for tuning into today's show. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.